Hey y'all, this is Ginger DeVries, guest number 56 of the podcast encouraging you today to use your position to broadcast God's love. God's word says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We pray this episode is an encouragement to you to go out and use your position to broadcast his love. From Scotto Albritton Studios, here's your host, Ricky. Hey everyone, and welcome to Broadcast His Love. This is a podcast where we talk about what life looks like when we decrease our name and increase God's name, because it's all about Jesus living life on purpose with Him. And what an honor to live life realizing that God is in control, that He has this Christmas season, He has this new year in His hands. He knows what next year holds for you. He knows what this moment holds for you and he knows what your past was he knows it all and he's with you right now and so thank you lord for this year thank you for what you've given us and and thank you for this moment that we can be present with you and just and celebrate in a podcast of conversation today of your goodness and just praying that it does shine your light and and just gives you glory lord and today we're talking with Dave Warrenly. He's a Christian author, inner healing minister. Come on. I need some inner healing. I need, I need some better fingernails, you know, like bring it. <laughs> the little things, the big things. And, and you do this with your wife, Janet, and you all do trauma recovery. They volunteer on a post-abortive recovery team. And you have a website called Identity and Wholeness. Dot com, And today is the day after Christmas. We're doing the four weeks of Advent, hope, peace, joy, and now today, which is the day after Christmas. Um, we're talking about God's love. So Dave, I'm sure God is just showing you all kinds of love this holiday season, right? Oh, yes. It's just amazing the way God talks to us personally, that he loves us so much mm-hmm. that he, he talks to us personally and individually. And I, I spent my whole life wanting to hear, um, basically him say those, those six precious words, you know, at the end of the, the parable of the sheep and the goats, where he tells the sheep, you know, well done, good and faithful servants. You know, I spent my whole life wanting to hear him say those six words when I meet him face to face on that day, well done, good and faithful servant, you know, those six precious words. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I was spending my time with God one day, and I heard him say really clearly in my mind, Dave, you're not going to hear me say that on that day. And I was like, what? You know, what's up? Have I messed up so irredeemably? You know, that's not like the God I know. What, what's up with that? What, you know, all I could say was, why not, Lord? And he said, Dave, I've been saying that to you every day for the last 50 years, and you haven't heard me. What makes you think you're going to hear me when I say it on that day? And he went on to say, Dave, I need this settled in your mind. I need you to know that I love you and that I approve of you. And you already have my approval. I need that settled in your mind. I don't want you living your whole life trying to earn something I've already given you by my grace. Hallelujah. In Christ, you have those things. Apart from Christ, nothing. Right. Apart from Christ, we have nothing. Right. 
in Christ, we have fullness of joy. We have fullness of hope. We have fullness of love and peace. We have the overflow, but apart from Christ, we have nothing. And so that is a good thing for me to learn. I just took notes on that. Well done, my good and faithful servant in Christ. We have success, right? Like in Christ, apart from Christ, not so much. Even in the church, in the Christian world, we, we try so hard to please God and to earn his favor. And we don't realize that our, our success and our, our joy and, and our um, the peace and joy he promises comes from living in a place, not trying to earn that success, but living in a place out of that success, out of that intimate relationship with him. Mike drop Dave Warnley. Well done, my good and faithful servant. And God has been telling you that for 50 years. Thank you for sharing that today. A lot of people, and I know moms, like I'm in groups with other women and moms and the idea of clutter in our brains overcomes us sometimes of what we need to do for the holidays, what we need to do for new year's, what we need to do for the next year. And that doesn't get us anywhere good. Who we have is our identity in Christ and that he is enough. And I'm I'm really interested to know why you took this identity and wholeness as like your main platform. Is this something that you struggled with personally or is this something that you're like, I'm a rock star at my identity? Like, where did this come from? Yeah, no, it's because we did struggle with this personally. My wife and I have both come through a lot of brokenness. And God has shown us who we really are and that our identity is in wholeness in him and receiving healing. Uh, so often we, th- we think like, okay, I'm, I'm saved now. Everything's rainbows, butterflies, and unicorns. And it's not. Situations yeah. in our life are still the same. There's still hardship in this world. We live in a broken world and it's uh, hard. We have hard things. And sometimes yeah. in the church, we pretend we don't. We, we think that if I, if I go to church and I'm saying, you know, I'm really having a hard time today, that somehow that makes me not a good Christian. And it doesn't. It just makes you an honest Christian. Right. And I think God would much rather have that honesty than our, our fake plastic religious face. We read the Psalms, you know, and, and David is all over being real with, with God and pouring out his heart. But yeah, the, the whole thing, the first time I read the Psalms, I thought, oh, this is going to be the most boring book in the Bible because it's like, you know, reading <laughs> the, the, the song lyrics without the music. This is going to be terrible, you know, but yeah. I, I, I love it. Now it's my favorite book in the Bible once I read it because it's so real and so raw so raw and i think yeah. sometimes in the in the church we're afraid to show our own pain and we're afraid to be around other people's pain and i i think that's really how we as a church need to learn how to love people well mm-hmm. um we we tend to either num- we, we tend to either one shame people's pain uh, oh, well, you're, you're depressed. Aren't you full of the joy of the Lord? Yeah. You know, what kind of Christian are you? Or we uh, try to be the therapist and fix them. Right. Because and you're like, let things. me fix you. 
but, yeah. but who are we? You know, we should just be like, here I am, like Moses, yeah. you know, yeah. here Only I the am. Holy Spirit can do that. You know, we can't fix anybody. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. And both of those things, when we do that, we, we just cause more damage. Um, yeah. We when we shame their pain and make people feel like, oh, I, I can't admit I'm sad in church or I'm not a good Christian. I can't admit I struggle with depression or I'm not a good Christian. Uh, all we're doing is telling them the church isn't a safe place. But if you can't go to the people of God when you're hurting, yeah. where can you go? Where can you? Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, um, and we have a mutual friend, Dr. Patty Sadala. Come on. Like, let's hear oh, it from Dr. Dr. Patty. Patty. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I'm going to do this number because she, um, so we got each other heart-shaped glasses oh, I love that. <laughs> to share the love. <laughs> Oh, you so should funny. see hers. That's hers great. has mine are white with pink lenses. And then she got me a pair that have yellow lenses too, because she's like the looking through the lenses of Christ, they're going to be cheerful. They're going to be joyful. They're not going to be, you know, like a normal glasses or, you know, sunglasses frame of gray. They're going to be a cheerful color. So when sometimes when we talk, you know, the sunglasses come out about sharing the love, um, but I love what you're going into about how to love hurting people well. So this week in Advent, like, does it continue after Christmas Day? Because Advent is the coming of Christ. I guess, I don't know. Does it continue? I don't know. It should. I mean, love is the whole point of the gospel, right? So Hallelujah. this whole loving people well should be should be um you know what the church does should be what we're known for yeah yeah so back to like who do you go to for counsel okay so let's just say let i got my sunglasses on sharing the love here <laughs> let's say you got a bad day going on okay it's it's a real chaos in your brain like you know you like a clean house but your house in your brain it's got dust. It's got dirty laundry and clean laundry that needs to be folded. It's got Christmas decorations that you think need to come down right now. And you're, you're hurting with all this clutter. You're, you know, blah, 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 blah. all this stuff is going, you don't feel like you're enough. You don't feel like you're worthy. Where, where can you go? Where can you go? Sister, brother, I'm going to tell you to talk to Jesus. Like if I were to talk to a friend talking with God and then let me tell you, Dave, the things that he responds back to me are, tell me more about that. And he like directs in that, not forcefully, but almost praise. Like he brings praise in that moment, whether it be turning on a worship song or like feeling the emotions of the sadness. If there, if there is grief mm -hmm. in that, he comes alongside me and he's kind of like, here I am. The enemy wants to kill steal and destroy. So any voices that are coming to you, you know, in your head, typically mine are in my head. It's not my friends typically that yeah. are saying these yeah. really aggressive things. If not, they're, if they are saying those things, they're not my friends anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, but that's but, what we hear when someone yes. says, you know, someone's telling you a story about how they're, they're, father died or they're in the middle of grief or something happened right. yeah. and we say oh you know what that same thing happened to me but i was fine in two months so you'll be fine it's like we're just kind of patting them on the head and yeah. we're we're discounting their story and even if we don't mean to we're kind of talking down to them 
And we're discounting their story. We're not not acknowledging the pain that they feel. We think that, oh, it'll help them if they realize other people have been through this. Well, guess what? They know that. Mm -hmm. They know other people have been through it. They, They probably know they'll get through it. But they need to be heard. They need to be heard and they need to have their pain validated in that moment and to be affirmed in that moment. Yeah. And prayed for. Yeah. And they need to have their story honored by being heard and then prayed for. And a great thing to say, like you said, Ricky, is tell me more about that. If somebody Mm -hmm. shares something and you don't know what to say, just say, tell me more about that. Another great thing to say is, wow, thank you for sharing that with me. That must, that was really brave for you to share that with me because they're being vulnerable. Yeah. And we want to honor that vulnerability with each other, just like we want to be honored. Yeah. Amen. You know, we want to be honored when we're being vulnerable. We don't want to be shamed. We don't want to be discounted. We want to be heard. Having that posture of here I am to God or to a friend or to, you know, somebody who walk, maybe you work at a gas station or something and somebody walks up here I am. It becomes more, I don't know how to, like you're more willing and open to serve the Lord rather than serve yourself. Job's friends, when all this crazy stuff happened to Job and his friends showed up, they, they get a bad rap rightfully, mm-hmm. but they, they actually got it right for a whole week when they didn't say anything. And they just sat with him for a whole week in silence. They just sat with him in the ashes of his life and they didn't say anything and they were just with him. And then they opened their mouths and it was all downhill from there. <laughs> And he's like, that's right. My foundation is in Christ. Yeah. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which yeah. I stand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, hallelujah. Yeah. Um, so there was a song released this Christmas, and it's called Christmas Hits Different by Tasha Layton and Toby Mack. Uh, and I know today is the day after Christmas, but it just talks about if Christmas hits different this year, you don't have to smile. I know how you feel. If So this, they're coming from a position of, hurt and grief. Toby Mac lost his son a few years ago. So this is where he's coming from. If Christmas hits different this year, I'll be right here. I'll be right here. For some, this season is the hardest of all fighting the tears as they're decking the halls, the bittersweet of every Christmas song, another year holding on. Can we find joy in all of the pain, a little snow in a season of rain, Let's take a second just to hear the sounds and cherish everyone that's with us right now. And everyone we're missing right now, if Christmas hits different this year, you don't have to smile. Like, I don't think when Moses saw a burning bush that he was like, here I am. And he had this big grin, like, I'm so happy, (laughs) you know? You you don't have like God just he just loves you, man. Right. Yeah. I mean, actually, Moses had the opposite reaction. He was like, uh, God, can you find somebody else for this? Uh, and God gave him the mission at the burning bush. Moses was like, uh, bad idea. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I would totally miss an opportunity here if I didn't ask you about the work that you and your wife, Janet, do the volunteer work that you do for a post abortive recovery team, because I can imagine it's hard to find the words and sometimes words wouldn't be what you say in those situations. It's a ministry called Rachel's Vineyard. Very, very powerful ministry for anyone who's suffering from um, abortion 
loss, both women and men, because men suffer from it too. We, we pretend we don't, but we do. The one thing I've learned is is we are not the healer. It's we, we like to say in the ministry, kind of the motto we have between the volunteers is we're just the stagehands. God is the healer. We're, we just set up the situations where the retreatants can um, experience the love, mercy, and forgiveness of God. And he does the work. He does the work. People who have had an abortion often feel like they've committed the unforgivable sin. They can't talk about it in the church. Um, they're not allowed to grieve. Uh, the world doesn't let them grieve because the world says, oh, this is a good thing. You can go on with your life now. What's your problem? Why are you sad? Mm. And the church doesn't let them grieve because the church doesn't even let them admit this happened. Mm. It did happen. And so often post-abortive people are ashamed in the church. I, I've been walking down a church and I'll, I'll overhear someone talking and they'll say, well, I don't understand how anyone could ever have an abortion or anyone could ever kill their child. And they don't realize that this this wasn't a choice made out of convenience. That's what mm -hmm. gets all the noisy headlines. But the vast majority of the time, it's a choice made out of coercion. Uh, yes. We've had women on retreats say, you know, my boyfriend said if I didn't get an abortion, he was going to beat the living bleep, bleep, bleep out of me. And I feared for my life. Where was their choice? You know, we've had teens on the on the retreats that their parents said, get in the car. We're going to the clinic. Where, where was their choice? And they wanted that child. Um, the vast majority of the time, it's it's coercion involved. And the woman is not the one making the choice. Yeah. It's it's kind of the unchoice. Um, people, for, for a choice to be valid, there needs to be two options. <laughs> you know, I, I, I liken it to elections and the Soviet Union in the 70s. They actually had free elections in the, in the, under communist rule in the Soviet Union because they wanted to look like America. Mm. So they actually had free elections. There was only one name on the ballot, but every Soviet citizen was free to go to the polls and vote for that one party-selected candidate. Okay. Well, that's not an election if there's not two names, right? That's right. not a choice if there's not two options. So the whole fallacy of, of pro-choice is that there's a choice and and it's... There, there's usually not a choice. People don't know they have another option. They don't have support. We've had people say, um, oh, no, I, I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm pro-life, but I have to get an abortion because I can't tell my church. Mm. Mm. That's not like we should be embracing the body of Christ. Like, please, please, if you're listening to this and you have not shown love to someone in your church that looks different than you or has done something different than how you would have done it, put on the heart-shaped sunglasses. And, and you know, if if they want to hug, give them a big old Jesus hug, like, or, or don't, you know, but just put on the heart-shaped glasses of love, like fix your eyes on Jesus because the thing that that person needs most is God's love and community, like true Christian community. Imagine the resources that you could give to that mom who needs XYZ. Imagine, just imagine the difference that you would make, the blessing that you would be in someone's life if you would support, encourage, like show the love of Christ to someone who is hurting instead of turning your back or condemning or gossiping or whatever. Thank you for sharing what you did. And the thing about abortion is that it hits most everybody who's listening to this podcast right now. It, it does. It's actually uh, um, one out of four women 
yeah. have had an abortion. Actually, some new studies now are saying one out of three. Yeah. And do the math. That means one out of four men has have fathered a post-abortive child and they don't know it. Wow, wow, wow. I just want to pray for whoever is listening right now um, about just like the hard conversation that we're having. And then, you know, the point of this podcast, it's called Broadcast is Love, to go out and use your position to broadcast God's love, not your own love. I want to ask you before we pray, what Bible verse is encouraging you in this season, Mr. Dave? Uh, oh, for, for me, uh, it's, it's Psalm 139. I personally, I've gone through a lot of self-hatred and I've come out of that. And God had me stay in Psalm 139 for like a year and read nothing but that. Um, but I learned that in, in the Hebrew, the word know, like when you know something, you know, K-N-O-W, in the Hebrew, that word doesn't mean just like head knowledge like it does for us. It means experience. So if you go through Psalm 139 and you replace every time it says the word no or, or some synonym of that, mm-hmm. perceive, discern, whatever, if you replace the word experience, it it completely brings it to a whole new level of intimacy with God. So it's so it's like you've searched me, Lord, and you've experienced me. You experience when I sit and when I rise. You experience my thoughts from afar. You experience my going out and my lying down. You've experienced all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you've experienced it completely. It's this intimate place with God where you're already accepted and approved. And we we don't try to walk in this Christian life to gain his approval and acceptance. We walk out of it. We live out of it from that place. Mm -hmm. And it changes your whole outlook on life. It changes the whole thing when you do it with Jesus uh, as a partner already having that approval, being secure in his love and his approval and, and your relationship with him, uh, rather than trying to earn that place. That's beautiful. Let's read 139. Okay. There's 24 verses and 139. I'll read 12 and you read 12. And that's how we'll just pray and like in this podcast, if that's okay. Let's give contact information for how people can connect with you. And we will put links to all this in the d- description of the podcast. But if you don't mind, Dave, Sharon, how can we connect with you? The best way is through my website, identityandwholeness.com. Um, and I actually have a... Um, a, a bonus for your listeners. Uh, if you go to identityandwholeness.com slash Ricky, uh, there, there's a special one page summary of what we've talked about here about how to love people well, what not to say and what to say to love hurting people well. Um, <clears throat> and that's the best way to connect with me is, is you can email me at Dave at Identity and Wholeness, or you can search for me, Dave Warnley, on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all, all the things. That's wonderful. Um, and then your wife, Janet, is also a part of your ministry, and her contact information is on your website as well. Yeah, her email and address is Janet at IdentityandWholeness.com. Let's read the psalm. And yeah, do you want to do the first 12 and I do the last 12, or how do you want to do it? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. That's fine. And do you mind if I substitute the word no with experience? Go for it. it. Yeah. Lord, you've searched me and you've experienced me. You experience when I sit and when I rise, you experience my thoughts from afar. You experience my going out and my lying down. You are, you experienced all my ways 
before words on my tongue, O Lord, you've experienced it completely. You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such experience is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. For the night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light light to you. For you form my innermost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will give thanks and praise to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being formed in secret and intricately and skillfully formed as if embroidered with many colors in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were appointed for me. When as yet there was not one of them even taking shape, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God, how vast the sum of them. If I could count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Oh, that you would kill the wicked, O God. Go away from me, therefore, men of bloodshed, for they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with perfect and utmost hatred. They have become my enemies. Search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there is any wicked or hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way." I, I just love that that verse and that that last verse again. It's got that word knowing it. I, I read it. Search me, O God, and experience my heart. Test me and experience my anxious thoughts. And it's just, especially in this holiday season with Christmas. Yeah. Like you read the verses from Toby Max songs. If this is a hard Christmas for you, and you're listening, and this is a hard Christmas for you, we just pray for you and we pray blessing over you because God wants to experience your anxious thoughts with you. If this is a hard Christmas and you're looking at everybody else's happy family and you don't have one and it's hard and it hurts and it's painful. And maybe this is a first Christmas without family or without a child that's been there or a spouse or a parent or other family members. We just pray for you and just pray the closeness of the living God who loves you and approves of you and wants to be with you and share it with you and manifest his love to you this holiday season in the middle of everything. Yeah. May God be with you. May his tangible presence and his love wrap you and surround you because he loves you and he wants to experience with you your anxious thoughts and your hurt and your pain and walk through it with you. 
Yes. And may we as the church, the body of Christ, learn to do that well and yeah. steward broken hearts well like he does. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Dave, thank you so much. I'm just in this moment of peace. I'm in I'm in this moment of just um gratitude, really just thanking God for the joy of knowing that we don't have to be stuck in the sadness. We don't have to be stuck in the anxiety that we can cast our burdens to God because he cares for us. And so if anybody out there is feeling overwhelmed with anxiety the day after Christmas, thinking about next year, thinking about what they want to accomplish that Lord, we just surrender that to you right now. We know that you're in control and we just pray for whoever's listening to this and has not been saved that Lord uh, decrease us and increase you. We know that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. Lord, forgive us for our sins. Lord, we live the rest of our days starting right now. If we uh, are not saved, Lord, we just ask that you save us and that we go to a Bible-believing, Christian-believing church, tell someone that you have been saved and that you go into a body of Christ and, and know that you're not alone and there are Christians out there. Hey, there's Christians that are going to fail you out there, but there's Christians out there who want to hear you like Dave's talking about. They want to be with you through this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, this is Dustin, one of the pastors at Grace Bible Church in Sebring, Florida. Thanks for tuning in to listen to Broadcast His Love with Ricky Van Stewart. I hope you will also consider joining us on our podcast as well. Our hope is to encourage you, inspire you, and compel you towards a closer walk with Jesus and one another. You can find us on every platform where podcasts are offered by simply searching for Grace Bible Church Sebring. Again, this is Pastor Dustin, and I hope to get to connect with you very soon. Hey, this is Mark Stockland, pastor and CEO for Haiti Bible Mission in Jeremy Haiti. If you'd like to follow along with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti, you can check us out at HaitiBibleMission.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love to get you guys connected with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti and how you can partner with us to live the difference, to help empower leaders to transform communities. God bless you guys and have a great day. Hey everyone, it's Erica with Glassy Day Studio where we believe every broken, discarded and disrupted thing will be reclaimed, restored and redeemed by the one who created and calms the waves. Glassy Day jewelry is shaped from recycled surfboard resin and each design is named after a woman in the Bible. And 10% of every purchase supports foster care ministries. Check it out at glassydaystudio.com. And thanks for listening. And if this episode has drawn you closer to Christ, please share it with your friends and family or even one person that might find encouragement in the message and a deeper relationship with Christ. God bless and have a great week. This is amazing.